Hello, welcome to Insiders on Background. The idea of this new podcast is to dig a little deeper into an issue that we're going to be covering on Sunday morning, give you a bit of a sense about how we go about gathering information, getting our head across something that is certainly part of the debate, something that we're going to be discussing on the couch. And today, I'm in the seat of Dunkley, where a by-election is going to be happening on the 2nd of March. This is a seat in the outer southeast suburbs of Melbourne. Uh, it's a seat that Labor won at the last election with a margin of just over 6%. The sitting member here for Labor, Peter Murphy, sadly died from cancer, causing this by-election. It's the sort of seat that Peter Dutton has in his sights as part of his strategy to win these outer metropolitan seats from Labor. It's also, therefore, the very seat that Labor needs to hold as well, certainly if Anthony Albanese wants to continue with the momentum that he showed at the start of this political year. A lot will hinge on what happens here in this by-election. So what's on the mind of the, uh, of the voters here in Dunkley? We caught up with a few of them. What's the biggest issue for you in this by-election? Spiralling costs of everyday living, I yeah, think. Yeah. Housing affordability, um, making rentals. Cost of living is very important to me. So if someone came along and created a solution for that, that would lead me to, to vote for them, yes. So the most important issue for me was to actually just, uh, I guess, recognise the legacy of uh, Peter Murphy. And I don't want to see things change by... Uh, a by-election. Uh, in the past, the Liberals have come to where I work most of the time right. and proffer the w promise the world and never, never deliver anything. Can I ask, what do you think of Anthony Albanese, the Prime Minister? I feel he hasn't done enough. I feel like he made a few promises. I probably can't give you any examples, but he made a few promises um, to get elected and he's brokered a few of his promises, I believe. He doesn't tell the truth. He's uh, always twists things. Uh... Look, he seems very... A very approachable man. Um, I wouldn't be in his shoes for all the tea in China. And what about Peter Dutton? What do you make of him? Uh, I don't really, I don't really know too much about him to be honest. Anything would be better than Anthony Albanese <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> Excellent. It's very good on border control. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. He might not look good on the camera, so to speak, but I think he's got um, good policies. Yeah. I think he's just a, he's a little bit of a muckraker at the moment. Yeah. For a more professional read of what's going on in this electorate, I'm joined by two people who do this sort of thing for a living. Uh, Cos Samaris and Tony Barry used to run campaigns against each other uh, here in Victoria, but they both now are with Redbridge. Uh, and it's, it's lovely to be sitting here with you in uh, Frankston South on this warm late summer's uh, afternoon. Just let's start by talking a little about where we are uh, and what this seat is made up of, because just tell, give us a bit of a, a breakdown of the sort of seat we're in, Dunkley. The seat's basically in two halves. You've got the wealthy southern end, which is Mount Eliza. It's where the Liberal Party generally does a lot better. And you have what we will define as Carrum Downs, which is the northern part of the electorate, which is uh, mortgage belt, lower to middle income, uh, along with Frankston North. Um, basically, they're the two two sort of spheres of the electorate. And we're kind of on the dividing line where dividing we are. Dividing line, right that's here. right, correct. Okay. Yeah, and, okay. and, and it's the North where on election night uh, I will be looking at in terms of whether there's going to be any volatility in the Labor vote because that's where I would expect swings to occur if they're going to occur. Okay, and we'll come to that. Yeah. But, uh, Tony, just on how you would describe this seat. It is the, the, the typical outer metro seat that you know, we often see swing at election time, the sort of seat that Peter Dutton 
uh, is really talking about targeting. Yeah, this is the first real litmus test for the Liberal Party and Peter Dutton on their repitching of the party to outer suburban. Uh, Dunkley is very much outer suburban, and uh, and it's as Cos said, it, it includes you know sort of high growth areas of um, Sandhurst and Sky and those sort of areas, and then your more established. Uh, higher income areas down the southern part of the electorate. And then Frankston itself is the political centre of gravity, which, which um, you know, is, is where the commercial activity is of the, of, the, uh, of the seat. So you guys have been running focus groups, talking to people uh, in this seat, and yes, there are different parts of it, but what are you picking up as the main issues likely to influence their votes, Cos? It's, uh, I think the electorate is extremely uh, disinterested in the by-election. Right disengaged. That's pretty normal though at a by-election or, it's or pretty is it normal. particular it's no, particular, disengagement? Yeah, the disengagement with politics in general is a growing trend across the country. But also I would say in, uh, increasing uh, angst towards Canberra. And so it really isn't when we talk about the volatility in the vote, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be beneficial for, the, for, the, for, for Peter Dutton. We probably will see the other vote grow significantly uh, at this by-election and in other seats similar to it at the next election. I mean, people can be switched off from what yes. the politicians are saying, what the media is saying, and, and yeah, that's that's absolutely a trend. But they still vote. They do. Uh, so what what are the issues, even if they're not consuming the daily political news, what are the issues that are that are uh, most on their minds? I think to Cos's point, uh, the other vote. Uh, was 27% in Dunkley at the last general election. The national average was just over 31%. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on the by-election night on the other vote. I think there's going to be a big fragmentation towards that away from the major parties, consistent with what Cos was saying. And I think what's driving or fueling that uh, drive to the other vote is this disillusionment, this uh, a breakdown of trust in the institutions, whether it be corporate, political or media. And also, look, I think... Uh, Albanese's um, stage three tax cuts, which is now being branded locally, I notice as Labor's tax cuts. It has, in our research, um, taken some of the sting out of the cost of living issue. They don't, in the focus groups in Dunkley, they don't define this by-election as a referendum on cost of living. Um, well, that's 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 got to be welcome news for Labor, right? Because you would expect it in um, it would could have easily been. A cost of living by-election, but you're saying that it's been neutralised? Yeah, look, every every uh, decision you make in politics is a risk first reward proposition. The The reward for Albanese was he's got something to speak to, he's back in the conversation, and the risk, of course, is questions about his trust. Now, there are certainly, in our quantitative and qualitative research, there are some um, emerging concerns this might be the start of a trend. But I think the reward at this stage is paying off for Labor. He's got something to talk about. He's got something to campaign on. And I think, you know, he's now defining himself as being, you know, listening to the concerns of uh, self-reporting low and middle income earners. Because prior to this, they were feeling they weren't getting listened to, that he was absorbed in this esoteric constitutional debate. And now they're sort of of the view that, um, well, it's probably not gonna be uh, much financial gain for me, but he's listening. Yeah, would you agree with that, Cos? That as disengaged as many might be, this has penetrated. This, maybe not the detail of who gets what, but the the, the idea that the government's doing something on cost of living. It doesn't take lot. It doesn't take much for a, for a Labor Party in power, 
uh, let's say, federally in this, in this situation in Melbourne to convince them to go back to voting for, for Labor. Right. It's a natural um, instinct. It's, it's a natural instinct. They were reluctant, uh, I would say, potential protest vote before the tax cut announcement. They clearly had... Uh, a lot of angst towards the incumbent Labor government because it was preoccupied on other issues except for their own uh, financial affordability uh, uh, challenges that they're facing in their own um, kitchen, uh, kitchen table and, um, and household. So it, it's um, it, the move away from the uh, for, from the Labor over to, to Dutton in Melbourne has always been soft. So it would not have taken much to move it back. Bring it back. That said, um, we, we really don't have a really clear insight as to what that that um, that sort of Caram Downs um, heavily mortgaged. I mean, eighty percent of borrowers in Caram Downs are uh, suffering from the, um, negative cash flow, um, and w- we have yet to see what that looks like at the ballot box. We're going to get a preview of that, and that's important because there are at least twelve other seats that Labor holds that are demographically and geographically much more challenging than than Dunkley. So, I mean, you talk about those mortgage rates and you know, we've had 12 interest rate rises since the uh, since the election it'll be quite something um, if, if Labor can avoid punishment uh, directly because of that what about some other issues you know we often talk about um, in the daily political contest whether it's housing immigration uh, even uh, the war in Gaza is, is any of that do you think going to be an issue in this by-election no, cost of living and its relationship to housing still remains you know the political fault line in Australia and is driving all the um, voter considerations right now. Um, problem is they're not seeing answers from the major parties. As I said, they're seeing now some signs that Albanese is at least listening to those concerns, so there's a bit of reward in that. But um, you know, when you've had 12 interest rate rises, you know, the reward might be very small. There might be some preference flows. Um, but you know, that is still driving the political debate. What about immigration? I mean, it's been a focus the last couple of weeks. Is that a, an issue at all here, or yeah, not I think, really registering? Well, I- immigration is an issue in, in in a more broader sense when it comes to uh, housing affordability, uh, housing attainment. You know, people be able to get into uh, people are blaming home. the immigration. It's one of the reasons they cite as to what's creating the stress. Um, that is very different to boat people. I think boat people as a political issue is something that's um, not going to resonate like it used to in the past. You reckon that's changed? Yeah, it's very much a post, what we would define a post-material preoccupation. In other words, you have to be doing pretty well in life to be, to be voting on that issue alone. Um, so, but immigration is a different story because that is a, that, that is a, there's a perception out there within certain communities across the country, including this electorate, that uh, immigration is compounding the housing problem. Now, in terms of the candidates, uh, and we, we should include in this um, Peter Murphy, of course, this by-election caused by the very sad death of Peter Murphy, she was a pretty popular yes. local member and probably better known, do you think it's fair to say, than a lot of local members tend to be? Um, We we all have heard the figures on what the typical swings are. It can be a bit different at a by-election when the sitting member has died because it's not like voters are angry that someone's pulled the pin after just being elected. This is a bit different. Um, And clearly Labor are trying to present their candidate, Jody Bellier, as a... Well, continuing the legacy of, of, of Peter Murphy. Is that the right strategy, do you think, Tony? Yeah, I think Dunkley's always rewarded good local members. Peter Murphy was rewarded. And Bruce Bilson, the former Liberal member who held the seat for 20 years, um, was a very popular figure. And um, Bruce himself used to, used to talk about uh, the handy-to-have-around factor. Uh, it wasn't just that he was a member of Howard's government. 
that they also thought that as, a, as an MP he was handy to have around. So they've always rewarded good members and um, Peter Murphy was certainly rewarded the last election. She got a very high primary vote in uh, over 40%, which makes it very easy to get to 50% 2PP. So the challenge for Labor will be to keep the primary vote as close to 40 as possible. The Liberals got 32 primary at the last election here in Dunkley. They last won it on a primary of 42. You'd want to be closer to 45, to be honest. These days. Um, most parties are preferencing against the Liberal Party. They're, of the eight candidates, uh, they're only picking up the Libertarians and the Independents on the pre-poll had a vote card preferences. So they really need a strong preference for the Liberal Party. So can they find at least 10 primary points? That's a lot. 32 to 42, that's a lot. And I'd want to be 45, 46. So I find it very hard to get the math together. Well, so the Liberals, cause have picked the local Frankston mayor, uh, Nathan Conroy. Obviously has a stronger name recognition than, um, you know, um, than others, but he also carries the baggage of being the mayor and uh, people don't always love the local council. What do you think of the candidates on offer? Especially when you consider, I think just recently, uh, um, council rates went out to all the households. Right. So Not great timing. Not great timing, <laughs> right? In the middle of affordability crisis, people are, yeah, you know, even in our research in this part of, the, part of Melbourne, are making very, very drastic decisions as to what they pay and what they don't pay. Uh, where we've got situations where people will clearly will pay the mortgage, They'll pay the utility bills that they need to keep the lights on, the internet on, and then they'll just leave the uh, the the rape the rape notices and other bills on the table and not actually deal with it. So it's it's not unusual for in particularly Sydney, Melbourne, for uh, rates rears to be in excess of fifty percent of all residents now in these sort of mortgage mortgage belt areas. Well, he and Peter Dutton have gone with a local pitch about train services in the area, keeping it very local. Is that a smart move? Cos? That's that's. That's the, that's the atypical promise you see from the political class who don't understand that pe most people in, in this part of the world, in the outer suburbs of our large cities, don't catch the train. They drive. And so only about, I think, about 12, 13% will catch the train to work. Uh, a very small number. Yes, there are people on the roads that will prefer investment to be put in PT because for them it means less cars on the road for them to deal with. But it's not a huge vote winner, in my opinion. It's a good reminder, though, about trust. So he's, I suspect Peter Dutton and the Little Party are leveraging off that trust. He's broken his promise on stage three. He's broken it locally. What next? So trying to reinforce that prejudice or that bias that this guy is, you know, this is the start of a pattern of behaviour. So from a tactical point of view, um, but as Cos says, from a, from a service provision point of view, it's, it's less of a vote mover or salient issue. So what do you expect is going to happen? So the seat's held with a margin of 6.3% by Labor, um, Cos, what's your, what's your hot tip? If Labor loses um, support in terms of primary votes, which I expect to happen, I, I expect that all, most of that will go to minor parties. I don't, I'm not, we're not seeing it and then And then come back, basically. Then, yeah, partially come back, enough for, to, for them to hold on. Unless something drastic happens in those northern parts of the, of the electorate, like Karen Down. So maybe lose three or four percent, but yeah. uh, still hold the seat. That's right. Tony? Yeah, I think it's going to be very hard for the Liberal Party to win. Um, I think some of the preconditions are there, but we're talking about a massive climb in the primary vote. We also come back to the problem we had in Aston that Peter Dutton's got is that this is in Victoria, which has brand damage for the Liberal Party. And uh, the Victorian Liberal Party, you know, they'd, they'd kill Taylor Swift's career in a month, uh, less than a month if you gave them the chance. 
So Peter Dutton has survived them already. Um, can he survive it again? Probably not um, in the longer term because we need you know, 38, 39, 38, 37 seats after the redistribution out of 150. You just can't keep on ignoring Victoria. We've, we've only got six seats in Victoria, the Liberal Party. Uh, you can't get to 76 seats unless you've competed with Victoria. Well, that brings us to what's at stake here, right? Because, I mean, you mentioned Aston. That was last year. We were still in the early phase of a we new were. government, uh, and it was an extraordinary result. Labor won a seat from the opposition. Hadn't happened in 100 years. I don't, you know, this is a different context. We are now in the back half of the parliamentary term. What is at stake if, if Peter Dutton can't win this sort of outer metro seat in, in Victoria, Tony? Yeah, I think it's more of a Liberal Party problem than a, than a Peter Dutton uh, leader problem. Um, but it is his problem to fix. It's a problem that's been 10 to 15 years in the making. We were saying before we recorded that, you know, in this area, 10 years ago today, uh, the Liberal Party held the dunk seat of Dunkley. And we also held the four state seats, Frankston, Carrum, Hastings and Mornington. Today, we have one out of five, and that's Mornington, which we only won by about less than a percent. I mean, it's a good point that it's a Liberal Party problem, but it is also a Peter Dutton problem, isn't it? Because it's his problem to fix. Yeah, yeah, but he's also identified as his strategy rather than necessarily winning back those teal seats, picking up seats like this in the outer metro areas. Yeah, I, I think it's more about fixing the Victorian division of the Liberal Party, which remains uncompetitive at a state and a federal level. So, um, you know, every leader has passed the buck. Uh, every state president, every state director over the last 10, 15 years in Victoria has failed spectacularly. So it's not, it's not a problem of his making, but he, he has to fix it because he's not going to get 76 seats. If, 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 they don't, if they don't win it, presumably the argument will be, uh, you know, Labor did the tax cut trick and, and that was enough to get them through the by-election. Uh, you know, it's, it, was a, it, was a, it was a popular member who died and there'll be reasons given. What do you reckon, Cos, though? Should there be a... a stronger soul-searching moment for the Libs as to whether this is the right strategy. Just to Tony's point, and that is that the, the, the Liberal Party, generally speaking, at a national level, has looked upon Victoria as something they don't need to worry about because they think it's all full of um, you know, progressive voters and uh, returns Labor many, many seats. The problem they face is that, you know, uh, based on uh, current projections, Melbourne will be the biggest city in the country uh, within, within a decade. And so that means more and more seats will be created in this city and if you if you do not understand the cultural heart of this city, you're going to be um, uh, requiring other states to do a lot of heavy lifting to get to that 75 seat ma uh, majority. And what about the other way? If Labor loses this seat, I mean, Anthony Albanese had a rough end of the year, better start to this year with the, the changes on stage three. If he then loses a by-election at the end of February here, what does if that you, mean? If, yeah, if, you, if you're losing a Dunkley in Melbourne and you're the Labor Party, then, then there are 12 seats under Dunkley, uh, under Dunkley that are geographically and demographically more challenging for Labor. Seats like Werraway in Sydney, Hasluck in Perth, Blair in Brisbane that are heavily mortgaged, uh, uh, very, very white, and we use diversity as a really important measurement when it comes to um, whether it's, it's good territory for the Labor Party or not. Um, and uh, a lot more difficult for, for Albanese. So, so will people start to worry if Labor loses here in Dunkley oh, then it's that, it, that it, they could be heading for a first-term defeat? Absolutely, yeah. I think in politics, you're either applying pressure or you're absorbing pressure. And Dutton has been applying pressure and Albanese has been absorbing pressure for over six months now. 
and this could be a bit of a circuit breaker. If uh, I think a pass mark is uh, for Albanese is uh, 52, 53. Uh, on a 2PP basis, win. Mm-hmm. So a swing against Labor of 3-ish yeah. percent. Yeah, I think that's a pass mark. Um, anything less than that, and I think he's still absorbing pressure. And um, we're in a game of momentum in politics, and that means that Dutton is still sort of building that momentum. And I think um, one thing I've learned in politics, David, over 25 years, is that uh, with MPs, you know, they've only got two speeds, ignorance and panic. And um, I think in this case... Um, <laughs> If there's a loss, uh, to if Labor loses this seat, I think there's going to be a lot of panic in the Labor Party ranks. Would you agree with that pass, Mark? Was it 52 or 53%? Two-party result for Labor is the, is the pass Just mark. Just holding onto the seat is a pass, Mark, in okay. my opinion. Um, yeah, if you get if down they to squeak 50, over the line, that's a pass. Squeak over the line, it's a pass. Um, if you lose the seat and it's in, you know, you lose it by 7 8%, then yes, it's, it's a problem because of the point, the, the sort of metrics... Uh, that we touched on before, and that is, a, it is a seat that is uh, situated in a city that's really well is is really well, really good for Labor, but also uh, if you're losing a Dunkley, then seats like Haslark, Wirral, uh, Blair, all those electorates in um, in other states are, are definitely on the line. Well, we will see what happens in just over a week uh, here in Dunkley. Great to talk to you, no Tony and Cos. Thank you very thank much. You. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Well, it's been lovely spending the day here in Dunkley. We're going to have more conversation, more analysis of what's going on in this by-election on Sunday morning on Insiders. And we'll be back in your feed next week with another Insiders on Background. Thanks for joining us. You're making us all feel very excited about being here.